Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Eli James along with Dan from Georgia. This is Eurofolk Radio. Today is March 4th, 2023, and we're going to be continuing our study of Ezra and Nehemiah. Last week we got through the first six chapters of Ezra, so we're going to start with chapter 7 and continue into the book of Nehemiah. But first we want to have a brief discussion about how Judaism emerged from, well, what they call Hebrewism. I think it should be properly called Mosaism. But uh, this is a very good admission by a Jewish author that their religion is a conflation of Babylonian Talmud and the Jerusalem Talmud. Over to you, Dan. Okay, I will start with the article, How Judaism Emerged from Hebrewism. Our rabbis lived in both Babylon and Judea and discussed the Mishnah in both places. Hence, we have two Talmuds, the Bavli and the Yerushalmi. Citations from Talmud indicate which of the two, the Balbi by default, the, the tractate and the folio, <clears throat> or daph, an Aramaic word for plank, board, or oar, because the arrangement of words on the page resembles an oar, with the Mishnah at the top, the Jamara below, together forming a T-shape with comments of later medieval rabbis to the sides. Okay, see, nothing having to do with the Bible here. (laughs) Nothing at all. Nothing at all. All right, please continue. The Talmud is the beginning of Jewish law. The Torah describes Hebraic law. In it, the rabbis needed to determine the best way to preserve their religion once there was no longer a temple at which to worship. The dinner table replaces the altar. Prayer replaces sacrifices. Jewish law was discussed in the Gemara over a 1,000-year period, from about 586 B.C. through 500 C.E. The laws don't appear in order due to the meandering nature of the rabbi's conversations. A rabbi from one century might argue with another from an earlier time, but their comments appear side by side as if they are together in the same room. The Jamara presents different perspectives on every issue. Some decisions remain up in the air until Elijah comes to provide a definitive answer. Okay, well, Elijah Well, Elijah came. <laughs> Yeah, and he he denied any of this. Okay, so here we see, this is a really good explanation of how the Talmud deviates from Scripture, and this is all that Judaism is. It's all deviation from Scripture, with the rabbis who we know are not Israelites at all, but are Canaanites, Edomites, and today also Khazars. But uh, it shows that. The, the Babylonian Talmud, which is the religion of the Jewish people, is not based on Torah. They simply pay lip service to the Torah and claim that their religion is an Old Testament religion. Yeah, so one more paragraph here. 12th century physician and philosopher Moses Maimonides, a.k.a. the Rambam, compiled a summary of Jewish law in the Mishnah Torah. Joseph Cairo in 15th century Spain put together his own separate list. Each of them chose what he liked, what made sense to him, probably, I would imagine, in the spirit of offering a concise overview, much as I am attempting to do here. 
Both books omit all nuanced and multifaceted discussion that characterizes the Talmud, leaving us with plain legalism. When people study only the works of the Rambam and Cairo, they miss the context. From these men, one might learn how to cashier a plate, but not the importance of feeding the hungry. Yeah, it's all ritualism. That's what modern yeah. Judaism is. It's total ritualism based not on the Bible. Here, it says, this is the beginning of Jewish law, not biblical law. Okay? I can't think of anything more direct opposition to the Bible than the Talmud. That's I right. Mean, it's total, totally yeah. different. And it's amazing that any Christian believes that the Jewish religion is based on the Bible. Here's a plain admission, and of course they, they admit these things in many places, but usually in uh, shrouded language that makes it difficult. That they still pretend in other articles, pretend that their religion is based on the Bible. But here it's very clear that these rabbis, having no more access to the temple because Yahweh destroyed it so that they couldn't use it, <laughs> right? Uh, and uh, scattered them uh, to throughout the Middle East at that time. They began to replace biblical law with Talmudic law, all right? And then they spent the next thousand years uh, perfecting the Talmud, which is the denial of the Bible, okay? That's what it is, folks. So here, I, I'm going to use this uh, article as a blueprint uh and, and make uh, numerous quotes from it in my future articles, because here's a plain admission that Judaism is not based on the Bible. All right. Okay, so back to you, and let's get into uh, Ezra chapter 7. Okay, I was going to say, before before yeah. we go to that, we could do uh, an entire show on right. just the Talmud and how it directly contradicts the Bible. That, that's right. I mean, yeah, yeah, we should. <laughs> All right. We should? Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's so many quotes in Talmud that are just blasphemous. To them. That's right. Yeah, you especially know. well, one of the reasons they wrote the Talmud was to deny that Yahshua is the Messiah. Okay, because uh, their version of even their version of the Old Testament, the Masoretic text, has deleted as many verses as possible, which these same rabbis that we're talking about here deleted that. Re- reference the coming of Messiah, okay? And uh, they ha- that's why the Masoretic text is so much shorter, contains so much less information than the Septuagint, which was uh, written by actual Jew, I'm sorry, actual Judahite scribes. Judahite. <laughs> yeah, Judahite scribes, not Jewish, but Judahite scribes and, uh, and uh, uh, priests, okay? So that's the difference. And the average Christian has no idea that that's what the difference is because no Judeo-Christian pastor, except those of us in identity, will talk about this. You know, Because every single church today that's outside of identity is probably 501c3, which means they have to adhere to uh, tax, uh, the tax code of the IRS. Otherwise, they'll lose their tax-exempt status. And or they're, they're just died in the world Judeo-Christians and will never be able to understand the Bible as long as they believe that the Jews are Israel, right? So, yeah, yep. this is a very important subject. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely, and we could use this as a template, actually, because it's very interesting how they plainly admit 
that Judaism is not based on the Bible. Jewish law is not based on the Bible, but it's based on these various Talmuds and these secular, these secular uh, opinions of the of the, Can- yeah, the Canaanite rabbis, right? Not Israelite uh, priests at all. All right. Okay. Very good. Thank you. Okay, so chapter 7, Ezra. Now, after these things, in the reign of Artaxerxes, king of Persia, Ezra, the son of Sariah, the son of Azariah, the son of Hilkiah, the son of Shalom, the son of Zadok, the son of Ahitub, the son of Amariah, the son of Azariah, the son of Meraoth, the son of Zerahiah, the son of Uzi, the son of Buki, the son of Abishua, <clears throat> the son of Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the chief priest. This Ezra went up from Babylon, and he was a ready scribe in the law of Moses, which Yahweh, God of Israel, had given. And the king granted him all his request, according to the hand of Yahweh, his God, upon him. <clears throat> and there went up some of the children of Israel and of the priests, and the Levites, and the singers, and the porters, and the Nethanims unto Jerusalem in the seventh year of Artaxerxes the king. And he came to Jerusalem in the fifth month, which was in the seventh year of the king. For upon the first day of the first month began he to go up from Babylon. And on the first day of the fifth month he came, came he to Jerusalem, according to the good hand of his God upon him. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of Yahweh and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. Now this is the copy of the letter that the king Artaxerxes gave unto Ezra the priest, the scribe, even a scribe of the words of the commandments of Yahweh and of his statutes to Israel. Okay, <clears throat> now, now notice here that all of these Judahites, and they were primarily of the tribe of Judah, Benjamin, and Levi, they still refer to themselves as Israel. Okay, and so the Bible does not make any attempt, although the the Jewish version, the Masoretic text, makes an attempt to equate the word Jew with Israel. You can see that these Judahites, and they were primarily Judahites of the house of Judah, still refer to themselves as Israelites, okay, despite the fact that the ten northern tribes had already been banished into Assyria, and by this time, had already started crossing over into Europe across the Caucasus Mountains, okay? So we see here that uh, the Judahite people never abandoned their terminology of calling themselves Israel. So we see that now the Jews, at some point, the Jewish rabbis, the Babylonian Talmud rabbis, did abandon the term of Israel, except when I think at later stages they realized, hey, wait a minute, we better... We better equate the word Jew with the word Israel, otherwise, you know, we'll lose we'll lose the goyim, right? We have to maintain this idea among the goyim that the word Jew and the word Israel are synonymous, and of course, that is something that, that is total deceit. That's the rabbinical deceit that most Judeo-Christians live under today. Okay, back to you. You know, and a lot of um, modern-day uh, Christians get confused. They think that. They see the the country of Israel, and they think, well, that's right. the Israel of the Bible. 
Right. When the Israel of the Bible is a people, you know, our, whose name was changed from Jacob to Israel. That's these right. are the real Israelites. We are the Israelites, yeah. not that land over there. Yeah, so that's Israel, right. Israel is a people, not a place. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that place has been cursed by Yahshua. It's still under his curse in Matthew chapter 23. He said, until you people uh, proclaim that I am the son of God, this this place, the city of Jerusalem, will be cursed. Back to you. Okay, verse 12. <clears throat> Artaxerxes, king of kings, unto Ezra the priest, a scribe of the law of the God of heaven, perfect peace, and at such a time. I make a decree that all they of the people of Israel and of his priests and Levites in my realm, which are minded of their own free will to go up to Jerusalem, go with thee. For as much as thou art sent of the king and of his seven counselors to inquire concerning Judah and Jerusalem, according to the law of thy God, which is in thine hand, and to carry the silver and gold, which the king and his counselors have freely offered unto the God of Israel, whose habitation is in Jerusalem, and all the silver and gold that thou can find in the province of Babylon, with the free will offering of the people and of the priests, offer offering willingly for the house of their God, which is in Jerusalem, that thou mayest buy speedily with this money bullocks, rams, lambs, with their meat offerings and their drink offerings, and offer them upon the altar of the house of your God, which is in Jerusalem. And whatsoever shall seem good to thee and to thy brethren, to do with the rest of the silver and the gold, that do after the will of your God. The vessels also that are given thee for the service of the house of thy God, those delivered thou before the God of Jerusalem. And whatsoever more shall be needful for the house of thy God, which thou shalt have occasion to bestow, Bestow it out of the king's treasure house. And I, even I, Artaxerxes the king, do make a decree to all the treasures which are beyond the river, that whatsoever Ezra the priest, the scribe of the law of the God of heaven, shall require of you, it be done speedily. Unto a hundred talents of silver, and to a hundred measures of wheat, and to a hundred baths of wine, and to a hundred baths of oil, and salt without prescribing how much. Whatsoever is commanded by the God of heaven, let it be diligently done for the house of the God of heaven. For why should there be wrath against the realm of the king and his sons? Also, we certify you that touching any of the priests and Levites, singers, porters, nethanims, or ministers of this house of God, it shall not be lawful to impose toll, tribute, or custom upon them. And now, Ezra, after the wisdom of thy God that is in thy hand, Set magistrates and judges, which may judge all the people that are beyond the river, all such as know the laws of thy God, and teach ye them that know them not. And whosoever will not do the law of thy God and the law of the king, let judgment be executed speedily upon him, whether it be unto death or to banishment or to confiscation of goods or to imprisonment. Blessed be Yahweh God of our fathers, which had put such a thing as this in the king's heart, to beautify the house of Yahweh, which is in Jerusalem, and has extended mercy unto me before the king and his counselors, and before all the king's mighty princes. 
and I was strengthened as the hand of Yahweh my God was upon me. And I gathered together out of Israel chief men to go up with me. Okay, so again, uh, Ezra still refers to himself and his people as Israel. There is no distinction between, although we know there's the house of Judah and the house of Israel, also called the house of Ephraim, that uh, you know there was conflict between those two houses, but they are all still Israelites. Now it's interesting here that it says, and whosoever will not do the law of thy God and the law of the king, let judgment be executed speedily upon him, right? Whether it be unto death or banishment. So we found last week that uh, in chapter 6 that uh, there were Judeans, let's call them Judeans of Samaria, and probably that included a lot of Edomites. In fact, it did for sure include a lot of Edomites who wanted to put an end, wanted to put a stop to the rebuilding of Jerusalem by Ezra and Nehemiah. And now here, this shows what great favor that Artaxerxes showed to the pure-blooded Judahites and Israelites that this decree affected that he, he, he's a believer in the God of Yahweh, our God Yahweh, okay? And he is a total friend of true Israel. This is, this is what the books of Ezra and Nehemiah prove beyond any shadow of a doubt. Nevertheless, people still believe Jewish statements about Ezra and Nehemiah to the effect that these Jews, who, uh, so, according to them, these so-called Jews coming from Babylon changed God's law from Hebrewism to Judaism. This is absolutely a false characterization of what happened. As we see from these two books, they reinstituted Yahweh's laws, started practicing the feast days again, started practicing the Sabbaths again, etc., etc. This was a return to Yahweh's law, not a change from Hebrewism to Judaism, as Rabbi Stephen Wise falsely characterized it. Okay? So again, if you listen to Jewish versions of history, they're always very subtly um, rewriting the true history. And we have to understand, they have to read between the lines of any rabbinical statement on these matters. All right, back to you. Okay, chapter 8, we have the genealogy of those who return with Ezra. These are now the chief of their fathers, and this is the genealogy of them that went up with me from Babylon in the reign of Artaxerxes the king. Of the sons of Phinehas, Gershom, of the sons of Ithamar, Daniel, of the sons of David, Hattush. Of the sons of Shechaniah, of the sons of Pharosh, Zechariah, and with him were reckoned by genealogy of the males 150. Of the sons of Pahath-Moab, Elihone, the son of Zerahiah, and with him 200 males. Of the sons of Shechaniah, the son of Jehaziel, and with him 300 males. Of the sons of Aden, Ebed, the son of Jonathan, and with him 50 males. And of the sons of Elam, Jeshaiah, the son of Athaliah, and with him 70 males. And, the son, and of the sons of Shephathiah, Zebediah, the son of Michael, and with him fourscore males. 
of the sons of Joab, Obadiah, the son of Jehiel, and with him 218 males. And of the sons of Shelemith, the son of Josephiah, and with him 103 score males. And of the sons of Bebe, Zechariah, the son of Bebi, and with him 28 males. And of the sons of Asgad, Jonahan, the son of Hakatan, and with him 110 males. And of the last sons of Adonikam, whose names are these? Eliphalet, Jeel, and Shemiah, and with them threescore males. Of the sons also of Bigvi, Uthai, and Zabad, and with them seventy males. <clears throat> and I gathered them together to the river that runneth to Ahava, and there abode we in tents three days. And I viewed the people and the priests, and found there none of the sons of Levi. Then sent I for Eleazar, for Ariel, for Shemiah, and for Elnathan, and for Jareb, and for Elnathan, and for Nathan, and for Zechariah, and for Meshulam, chief men, also for Jorab, and for Elnathan, men of understanding. <clears throat> and I sent them with commandment unto Ido, the chief, at the place Cassiphiah. And I told them what they should say unto Ido and to his brethren, the Nethanims, at the place Cassiphiah, that they should bring unto us ministers for the house of God. And by the good hand of our God upon us, they brought us a man of understanding, of the sons of Mali, the son of Levi, the son of Israel, and Shebariah, Sherebiah, with his sons and his brethren, 18, and Hashabiah, and with him Jeshiah, of the sons of Merari, his brethren and their sons, 20. Also of the Nethanims, whom David and the princes had appointed for the services of the Levites, 220 Nethanims, all of them were expressed by name. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava that we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek of him a right way for us and for our little ones and for all our substance. For I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way, because we had spoken unto the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all them for good that seek him, but his power and his wrath is against all them that forsake him. So we fasted and besought our God for this, and he was entreated of us. Then I separated twelve of the chief of the priests, Sherebiah, Hashabiah, and ten of their brethren with them. And I weighed unto them the silver and the gold and the vessels, even the offering of the house of God, which the king and his counselors and his lords and all Israel there present had offered. I even weighed unto their hands 650 talents of silver, and silver vessels a hundred talents, and of gold a hundred talents, also twenty basins of gold, of a thousand drums, and two vessels of fine copper, precious as gold. And I said unto them, Ye are holy unto Yahweh. The vessels are holy also, and the silver and the gold are a freewill offering unto Yahweh, God of your fathers. Watch ye and keep them until you weigh them before the chief of the priests and the Levites and the chief of the fathers of Israel at Jerusalem in the chambers of the house of Yahweh. 
Okay, so here uh, Ezra is debating whether or not to ask the king for uh, a guard, you know, uh, to accompany them in their travel. This is this this caravan had to be about five miles long, <laughs> right, with all of the stuff that they have to load up on the camels, and it's a five month trip across the. Uh, well, they didn't go directly across the desert. They must have followed the rivers, you know, the uh, crescent, the fertile crescent, as much as possible, because they they would need what their camels would make it, but n- nobody else without a plenty of supply of water. So he's debating whether or not to ask for protection from Artaxerxes, and that's what, what he's praying about. Well, I think that applies to us too. Whenever we're in a situation where we don't have protection, we pray to Yahweh and ask directly for that protection. And, but nevertheless, you can forget yourself and you know st- start going into your bad habits. And while you think you're protected, you're sitting, <laughs> right? So you, that's, that's the dilemma that Ezra is talking about here. Back to you. Verse 30. So took the priests and the Levites the weight of the silver and the gold and the vessels to bring them to Jerusalem unto the house of our God. Then we departed from the river of Ahiba on the twelfth day of the first month to go unto Jerusalem. And the hand of our God was upon us, and he delivered us from the hand of the enemy and of such as lay in wait by the way. And we came to Jerusalem and abode there three days. Now, on the fourth day was the silver and the gold and the vessels weighed in the house of our God <clears throat> by the hand of Merimoth, the son of Uriah, the priest. And with him was Eleazar, the son of Phinehas. And with them was Josabad, the son of Jeshua, and Noadiah, the son of Buni, Levites, by number and by weight of every one. And all the weight was written at that time. Also, the children of those that had been carried away, which were come out of the captivity, offered burnt offerings unto the God of Israel, twelve bullocks for all Israel, ninety-six rams, seventy-seven lambs, twelve he-goats for a sin offering. All this was a burnt offering unto Yahweh. And they delivered the king's commissions unto the king's lieutenants and to the governors on this side of the river. And they furthered the people and the house of God. So they still had a, uh, a, a Syria, Syria, they're properly called Syrians, but the Medes and Persians, Persians, okay. So the Persians still had the, the army there, and there was a governor of the Medes and Persians in Jerusalem uh, overseeing all these affairs. Ultimately, that governor left and went back to Persia. And the Judahites were, from that point on, on their own. And we get into that more in the book of Nehemiah. So anyway, there's no, there's no evidence at all. There's not even a hint that these Judahites, returning from Babylon, deviated from the laws of Yahweh. There's no possibility that they changed from Hebrewism, properly called Mosaism, to a new religion called Judaism. There's no way that this happened at this time. That happened much later under Herod, okay? That's the point I'm trying to make here. All right, back to you. Verse 
Okay, here's where it gets interesting, where we talk about the um, the intermarriage. Ezra prays about intermarriage, chapter nine. Now, when things now when these things were done, the princes came to me, saying, "The people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the people of the lands, doing according to their abominations, even of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites." the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. For they have taken of, the of their daughters for themselves and for their sons, so that the holy seed have mingled themselves with ooh. the people of those lands. Ooh, ooh. Now, is there any indication that this is a good thing? No. <laughs> this is a bad thing. <laughs> right? Why don't Christians understand this? Because they don't it's read these books. Yeah, back to you. You were going to say it's something. It's right there. I mean, yeah. how much clearer can that be? It the can't Holy be. have mingled themselves with the people of those lands. Yeah. I don't get What's the problem? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. my, my pastor never taught me this. Because <laughs> your That's pastor the, never reads the Bible. There anyway. you go. Right. You're just like Catholics. Uh, Freebird was <laughs> talking about uh, being raised Catholic. Well, the Catholics have what they call a missal. M-I-S-S-A-L, which is a condensed version of the Bible, which is what they give to Catholics. They do not encourage you to read the Bible at all. Uh, they, they basically tell all Catholics, all you need to know about the Bible is in this missal. And it's basically Catholic hogwash. <laughs> right? That's what it is. Just as the Talmud is Jewish hogwash. All right. Back to you. Yep. Yeah. Yea, the hand of the princes and rulers has been chief Ooh. in this trespass. Why is it the princes and rulers? Because they're the wealthiest. They're the most likely to do business with non-Israelite people, get bribed, get cajoled, get seduced, etc., etc. It's still true today. It's all our leaders who betray us, not the common folk like you and me. It doesn't get any more common than you and me. <laughs> right. okay. We are the very bottom. Yeah, right? we're at the bottom. There's no doubt about it. We're the ones who pay the taxes, do all do all the work, and then support the, the government that's trying to kill us. Right. All right that, that's the name of the game today. Yep. Okay. I'm going to read this verse again okay. in its entirety. Very good. For they have taken of their daughters for themselves and for their sons so that the holy seed have mingled themselves with the people of those lands. Yea, the hand of the princes and rulers has been chief in this trespass. Amen. Now, what's the holy seed? The that's word, us. Yeah, that's us. The holy means Kadesh, a sacred place or thing. All right? Set aside. We are yeah. set aside. People. Set apart. It doesn't yep. mean that we're holy in the sense that they're always righteous, because the fact is the vast majority of Israelites have never been righteous. But they are set apart by Yahweh. We are set apart by him as his people to the exclusion of all other people, good or bad. Okay? Doesn't doesn't mean we need to get on a big ego trip and think okay. we're all that. Yeah. Because yeah. we're only, we've just been separated. In fact, God wants all the races to be separate. Yeah. And 
We can't. We're not even supposed. We talked about this last week. We're not even supposed to mix fabrics. That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, cotton, cotton, and polyester. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, and there's a reason for that because people in the modern times have realized that everything is electric or electromagnetic, and then when you mix fabrics like that, you create uh, static electricity. Have you ever taken off? Uh, you know, let's say you have a cotton undershirt. And uh, and you have let's say a polyester overshirt, right? And when you take those uh, items off, you can hear the sta- you can hear the crackling of the static electricity, yeah. right? Yeah, and it, cl- and, and it attaches itself to the wall <laughs> when you take mm-hmm. it off, right? That's why Yahweh knows these things. It ta- it's taken scientists thousands of years to figure this out. All right. There's always a reason for it. It's never just because Yahweh says so. There's always a good reason for his laws. All right, back to you. I think he knows a little bit more than me. Yeah, I think so too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Verse 3. And when I heard this thing, I rent my garment and my mantle and plucked off the hair of my head and of my beard and sat down astonished. Then were assembled unto me every one that trembled at the words of the God of Israel, because of the transgression of those that had been carried away. And I sat astonished until the evening sacrifice. And at the evening sacrifice, I arose up from my heaviness. And having rent my garment and my mantle, I fell upon my knees and spread out my hands unto Yahweh my God. And I said, Oh my God, I am ashamed and blush to lift up my face to thee, my God, for our iniquities are increased over our head and our trespass is grown up unto the heavens. So he's ashamed for his entire people. Okay, yep. that's, that's how much he loves his own people. That's how much we are supposed to love our own people. It has nothing to do, as you just mentioned, has nothing to do with arrogance. It has everything to do with obedience to Yahweh's law. And if we are disobedient, then we should be ashamed of ourselves. And if we are obedient, we should just be grateful and thankful, right? That we are performing the way Yahweh wants us to perform, okay? So, you know, let's go out in the world. This is very interesting because the Amish... They have a, 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 well, a tradition that, you know, they're obviously raised according to their understanding of the Bible. But at a certain age, every Amish child is allowed to go out into the outer world, like into the big city, and see how the rest of us live, right? right? And that's taking a huge risk because Bright Light's big city, right? What's that song yeah. that the Jew wrote? Uh, how are you going to get them back on the farm after they seen Paris, right? Well, mm-hmm. a, lo- a lot of the kids, they, they get into drugs, they get into pornography, they get into all this stuff, and then they learn, what, this is the way the rest of the world lives? And I don't know what the the rate is, the rate of return, let's call it. How many of those young Amish actually come back to living in the Amish world after visiting Chicago New Orleans, right? Uh, uh, There's a lot of Amish in Illinois, Indiana, Pennsylvania. There's like a a swath from Pennsylvania. There's probably a few in New York. But there's a swath across the country 
that goes from certainly uh, eastern Pennsylvania to, I'd say, western Iowa, where the uh, the Amish people live, and you know, they separate themselves, right? But you know, they they obvious they're they're ipso facto uh, in line with Christian identity because they separate themselves from all other people, right? So they have a touch of what's being talked about here in Ezra. But the, many of them also believe that the Jews are Israel, right? So, so they're not totally with us in that representation. However, they do segregate themselves from the rest of the world. Back to you. Verse 7. <clears throat> Since the days of our fathers have we been in a great trespass unto this day. And for our iniquities have we, our kings and our priests, been delivered into the hand of the kings of the lands, to the sword to captivity, and to a spoil, and to confusion of face, as it is this day. And that's an interesting... Uh, yeah. Confusion yeah. of face. Yeah, you could tell if... Yeah, you could tell a mixed-race person just by the look yeah. of their face. Yeah, that's what it yeah. is. It's For confusion. Days. It's it's, it's uh, DNA confusion, right? That's what yep. it is. Right, you're mixing the DNA of two different species... And our races, and you can see it, right? You can see it in their faces. Yeah. Verse 8. And now for a little space, grace has been showed from Yahweh our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a nail in his holy place that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. Yeah. This is why Jews have to use so much makeup and get nose jobs. <laughs> right? All right. <laughs> For we were bondmen. Yet yeah. our God has not forsaken us in our bondage, but has extended mercy unto us in the sight of the kings of Persia to give us a reviving, to set up the house of our God and to repair the desolations thereof and to give us a wall in Judah and in Jerusalem. And now, O oh, our God, what shall we say after this? For we have forsaken thy commandments which thou hast commanded by thy servants, the prophets, saying, The land unto which ye go to possess it is an unclean land with the filthiness of the people of the lands. Wow. <clears throat> filthiness yep. Yep. with the people of the, of the people of the land, right. with their abominations, which have filled it from one end to another with their uncleanness. Now, therefore, give not your daughters unto their sons, neither take their daughters unto your sons, nor seek their peace or their wealth forever, that you may be strong and eat the good of the land and leave it for an inheritance to your children forever. Uh, I don't understand what that verse is saying. Is it saying that we shouldn't race mix? <laughs> right? I think so. Right? Okay, all right. Why do all the churches today teach that all races are the same and we must amalgamate all races together? Why? They, Why do they teach that? They have not read Ezra chapter nine, have they? No, they haven't, and mm-hmm. they will not as long as they believe the Jews are Israel and the Jews teach that race mixing is the, the answer to all of our problems. No, it's the source of all of our problems. That's correct. Yeah, main source actually. Yeah. Yeah. Verse thirteen. And after all that has come upon us for our evil deeds and for our great trespass, 
seeing that thou, our God, has punished us less than our iniquities deserve. All right, and there you go. Us such yeah, yeah. As this, should we again break thy commandments and join in affinity with the people of these abominations? Wouldest not thou be angry with us till thou hast consumed us, so that there should be no remnant nor escaping? O Yahweh, God of Israel, thou art righteous, for we remain yet escaped, as it is this day. Behold, we are before thee in our trespasses, for we cannot stand before thee because of this. Pretty clear. Yeah. It's absolutely race mix. So it, it amazes me that the Jews so blatantly mischaracterize the teachings of these two books. The, to the extent that every Christian believes that, oh, a new religion was created by Ezra and Nehemiah, not a return to the law of Yahweh. So here, we just you just read from that article by that Jew claiming that Judaism, a new religion, was created by these so-called rabbis. I guess they must mean by Rabbi Ezra and Nehemiah and the priests that they had among them. No, those guys were not rabbis. They were priests of Levi and uh, other priests and servants, such as the Nethanim, who were faithful to Yahweh's laws and to no other laws, and they did not invent a new religion here in Jerusalem, as the Jews falsely maintain. Back to you. I don't know how anybody could confuse that yeah, <clears throat> with yeah. starting a new religion. Yeah, yeah I mean, right. You have, unless you haven't read it, you believe Jewish lies about these two books. Yep. Chapter 10, we're not done yet. Now, when Ezra had prayed, and when he had confessed, weeping and casting himself down before the house of God, there assembled unto him out of Israel a very great congregation of men and women and children, for the people wept very sore. And Shechaniah, the son of Jehel, one of the sons of Elam, answered and said unto Ezra, We have trespassed against our God, and have taken strange wives of the people of the land. Yet now there is hope in Israel concerning this thing. Strange wives. <laughs> what could that mean? <laughs> I have no idea. Acted weird. Is that it? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like feminists, <laughs> or 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 you know, what do you call it? Not well, pagans. Yeah, yeah. The oh yeah, the goddess, the the, the goddess subculture among Israelites, right? Yeah, the, the Ashtaroth, right? They, they they perform strange rituals in the dark at midnight in the in the forest, right? Yeah, yeah. Some of our people do behave like that, but they're not supposed to, right? Okay. Verse three. Now, therefore, let us make a covenant with our God to put away all the wives and such as are born of them. Ooh. According and their children too. And their children too, yeah. <laughs> right? According to the counsel of my Lord, and of those that tremble at the commandment of our God, and let it be done according to the law. Okay, now here is something really amazing. Anybody, and most people know this, that according to the Israeli state, the Jewish state, the way they define a Jew is anyone born to a Jewish mother. 
which is, of course, a denial of the patriarchal reckoning of the Bible, right? So they're automatically, it doesn't matter who the father is. The father could be, I don't know, an African, uh, you know, a Neanderthal, <laughs> right? Doesn't matter who the father is. As long as the mother is Jewish, that's a Jew, that cannot possibly... Complete, yeah, right, go ahead. Complete, I say the complete opposite of what the Bible says. Exactly right. Okay. Reckoning on genealogies. Yeah. yeah. So the question is, has any modern Judeo-Christian even read the Bible? They all should know that this is anti-scriptural. Every one of them should know this, but they don't. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's why we're here, folks. Eventually, this teaching will become I, I see there's a change in the wind because people are getting Jew savvy you know this uh, idea of the Kazarian mafia which has become very very popular on the internet and the Talmud the teachings against the Talmud uh, that we in identity have been promoting for you know over a hundred years now is finally starting to grab hold why? Because the people know there's something wrong and they can't put their finger on what the problem really is, right? And here we've been telling them what the problem is, and they're finally beginning to figure it out. Back to you. It's not totally their fault. It's because these churches have been infiltrated. You That's know? right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. By Judeo-Christians. Yeah. Right. Okay. Verse 4. Arise, for this matter belongs unto thee. We also will be with thee. Be of good courage and do it. Then arose Ezra and made the chief priests, the Levites, and all Israel to swear that they should do according to this word. And they swear. Then Ezra rose up from before the house of God and went into the chamber of Jehonan, the son of Eliashib. And when he came thither, he did not. He ate no bread nor drank water, for he mourned because of the transgression of them that had been carried away. And they made proclamation throughout Judah and Jerusalem unto all the children of the captivity, that they should gather themselves together unto Jerusalem, and that whosoever would not come within three days, according to the counsel of the princes and the elders, all his substance should be forfeited, and himself separated from the congregation of those that had been carried away. Okay, you got three days or you're out. Yep. <laughs> okay, that's drawing a line in the sand. Then all the men of Judah and Benjamin gathered themselves together unto Jerusalem within three days. It was the ninth month on the 20th day of the month, and all the people sat in the street of the house of God, trembling because of this matter, and for the great rain. Uh, yeah, well, we're, we're all going to face this at the Judgment Day, the Day of Atonement. It talks about fasting. Here, Ezra is fasting on behalf of his people and uh, giving them the law. This is what we have to do. And if you want to be a member of Israel, you better do this. All right? Same thing applies on the Day of Atonement. We have to repent of our sins in order to qualify for the kingdom. That's the meaning of the uh, fall feast days uh, uh, just before the wedding feast of the Lamb. This is, we have to discipline ourselves and prepare for this day. Back to you. Verse 10. And Ezra the priest stood up and said unto them, You have trespassed 
and have taken strange wives oh, to no. increase the trespass. There, there's Israel. that strange business again. Right? That strange business. <laughs> yeah. Oh, define strange. Is that somebody who you know wears yeah. a green shirt on, right, on Saturday? Right. <laughs> you no, know, on, on March on March fourteenth or seventeenth, whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, what are the uh, what's St. Patrick's Day, right? And what do the people do on St. Patrick's Day? They all get drunk. Yeah. Right? And pass out on the street, right? And get run over by cars and stuff, right? Yeah. Strange is from the word nokri, which was what I was expecting, not from gare. All right, back to you. Verse 11. Now, therefore, make confession unto Yahweh, God of your fathers, and do his pleasures, and separate yourselves <laughs> from the people of the land, and from the strange wives. Then all the congregation answered and said with a loud voice, As thou hast said, so must we do. But the people are many, and it is a time of much rain, and we are not able to stand without. Neither is this a work of one day or two, for we are many that have transgressed in this thing. Uh-oh. Yeah. Okay, does this bring to mind the episode with Phineas, where the Israelite men were captivated by the Midianite women, and they were having uh, affairs in the yeah. groves with the Midianite women? And, uh, you know, this displeased Moses greatly because the, although these Midianite women were essentially Adamite women, they were the descendants of uh, Abraham's cousin, uh, Lot, right? So they were essentially white people. However, they had mingled with uh, Canaanites and were having, you know, sexual liaisons with them and probably picking up their diseases, and were no longer qualified for marriage with Israel, okay? Although in the past they were. But they had to be clean, right? So you pick up these filthy habits from the Canaanites by mixing with them, and therefore you make yourself unclean and no longer marriage-worthy. And the same thing applies here. And you know what Phineas did? When that Israelite man came into the camp with that Midianite woman, and, and they were having sex in their tent... Phineas said, I've had enough of this. He grabbed a javelin and thrust both of them through with that javelin. And guess what? The, the plague that had infested the camp of Israel at that point in time was healed. This proves that if you have interracial sex, it's going to give you diseases. <laughs> okay? It's going to yep. give you diseases. Back to you. Now, that doesn't mean we're to go out and, and kill people. When no, we see no, no. Couple. Yeah, right. Well, that, they did that trespass in the uh, the whole camp witnessed that, you know, affair, yeah. right? So, but, but normally we would have a, a trial, <laughs> right? But we don't have any really qualified, we don't have a separate society like we're supposed to where we could have a, a bona fide trial based upon Yahweh's law. You know, that's coming. That's coming at the judgment day for sure. Okay. All right. Okay, verse 14. Let now our rulers of all the congregation stand, 
And let all them which have taken strange wives in our cities come at appointed times. And with them the elders of every city and the judges thereof, until the fierce wrath of our God for this matter be turned from us. <sighs> Only Jonathan, the son of Asahel, and Jehaziah, the son of Tikvah, were employed about this matter. And Meshulam and Shebathiah, the Levite, helped them. And the children of the captivity did so. And Ezra the priest, with certain chief of the fathers, after the house of their fathers, and all of them by their names, were separated, and sat down in the first day of the tenth month to examine the matter. And they made an end with all the men that had taken strange wives by the first day of the first month. Hello? Oh, okay. Verse 18, <laughs> and among... Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. And among the sons of the priests, there were found that had taken strange wives, namely of the sons of Jeshua, the son of Josadak, and his brethren, Maasiah, and Eleazar, and Jerib, and Gedaliah. And they gave their hands that they would put away their wives. And being guilty, they offered a ram of the flock for their trespass. And of the sons of Emmer, Hanani, and Zebediah, and of the sons of Haram, Maasah, Elijah, and Shemaiah, and Jehiel, and Uzziah, and of the sons of Pasher, Eleone, Maasiah, Ishmael, Nethanel, Josabad, and Elasah, and of the Levites, Josabad, and Shimei, and Keliah, the same is Kalita, Pethahiah, Judah, and Eleazar, of the singers also, Eliashib, and of the porters, Shalom, and Telem, and Uri. Moreover, of Israel, of the sons of Parosh, Ramiah, and Josiah, and Malchiah, and Miamin, and Eleazar, and Malchiah, and Benaiah, and of the sons of Elam, Mataniah, Zechariah, and Jehiel, and Abdi, and Jeremoth, and Eliah, and of the sons of Zatu, Elioneah, Eliashib, Mataniah, Jeremoth, and Zabad, and Azizah, <clears throat> of the sons of Bebei, Jehonahan, Hananiah, Zabai, and Athli, and of the sons of Bani, Meshulam, Maluk, and Adiah, Jashub, and Sheel, and Ramoth, and of the sons of Pahath-Moab, Abna, and Shelel, Beniah, Maasiah, Mataniah, Bezalel, and Bunei, and Manasseh, <clears throat> and of the sons of Haram, Eleazar, Ishajah, Malchiah, Shemaiah, Shimeon, Benjamin, Malak, and Shemariah. Of the sons of Hashem, Mataniah, Mattathiah, Zabad, Eliphalet, Jeremiah, Manasseh, and Shimei. Of the sons of Bani, Maadai, Amram, and Uel. Beniah, Bediah, Chilu. Vaniah, Merimoth, Eliashib, Mataniah, Matani, and Jassal, 
and Bani, and Buni, and Shimi, and Shelemiah, and Nathan, and Adiah, Machnadebi, Shashai, Sherai, Azareel, and Shelemiah, Shemariah, Shalem, Amariah, and Joseph, of the sons of Nebo, Jeel, Mattathiah, Zabad, Zabina, Jadil, and Joel, Benaiah. All these had taken strange wives, and some of them had wives by whom they had children. Okay, you know that the rabbis of Judaism never quote Ezra chapter 10, right? Because it puts the lie to their teaching that we can amalgamate, right? But they are the most guilty of all. The Jews Mm -hmm. are the most amalgamated people on the face of the earth. Well, wouldn't that make sense? I mean, they do everything exact, con- contradictory to the Bible. So right. that would that just naturally yeah. makes sense that they that, would be the most amalgamated of all. That's correct. That's correct. And they want us to be just as, as amalgamated yep. as they are, right? That, because why? Because they want to destroy our pure seed, the holy seed, as Ezra puts it. Okay? So... All right, folks, uh, well done today. We got the uh, whole book of Ezra in today, and we'll continue with this subject next week, folks. Don't go away. The perils of Pauline is getting exciting because we are in the end times, and we better start obeying Yahweh's law. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, Dan, for narrating. And, yes. Yep. And praise Yahweh, everybody. Pass the ammunition because... We're going to have one more revolution before it's all over. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. See you next week.